Hello and welcome to our podcast, exploring the delivery of COVID vaccinations to people with a learning disability and to autistic people in an at-risk group. My son has a learning disability and autism, um, and he's got a number of phobias and suffers from high anxiety as well, which can make it really difficult for him to attend the surgery. To ensure that we're inviting all autistic people in an at-risk group and people with a learning disability on the register, we need to make sure that general practice learning disability registers are up to date and complete as possible. And a positive experience will also mean that people with a learning disability and autistic people are in fact encouraged to attend their GP surgery going forward for further immunisations and, and checkups. My name is Roger Banks. I'm National Clinical Director for Learning Disability and Autism with NHS England and NHS Improvement. I'm a psychiatrist in the specialty of learning disability by background, and I have the great privilege to be an honorary fellow of the Royal College of General Practitioners. I'm joined today by Fazila Amid and Fazila would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah thanks Roger. Yeah so I'm a, a mother of a 17 year old who's got autism, learning disability and complex health needs. I'm also a family carer advisor for the learning disability and autism team. I also currently a director of National Network of Parent Carer Forums so today we'd both like to talk about how the best outcomes can be achieved for people with a learning disability and autistic people who are attending for their COVID vaccination appointments. We'll talk about it in the context of integrated care systems and primary care networks working together with staff and volunteers on the ground to be able to provide a consistent, accessible communication and a responsive, reasonable adjustments for vulnerable people and people in marginalised groups. So the vaccination of people with a learning disability and autistic people in at-risk groups is well underway and many people will be due for second doses soon. Colleagues in primary care have been delivering an amazing tireless response here to the daunting vaccination programme in primary care and elsewhere and amongst uh, my colleagues in the team there's been a lot of discussion about how COVID has highlighted existing health inequalities for these groups and family carers have also been telling us about their experience of supporting their loved ones to get their vaccinations. That's right Roger we've heard difficult stories but equally we've learned some really good examples of best practice and innovation and where we've been hearing some of these positive experiences the common factors have been plans have been locally led they've made good use of capacity and support not just from the NHS but also from local authorities and the voluntary sector so really we want to encourage and kind of support that consistency of approach and experience especially for the provision of the second dose, as you've mentioned, Roger. Some examples just wanted to share. We've got Shropshire agencies that have been working closely together with their local parent carer forums to support clarity for carers. We've had Enfield. They've also been working closely together, not just the NHS team, but with their learning disability teams, offering specialist learning disability clinics at Chase Farm Hospital. We've had Leicestershire, where they've been offering specialist clinics at some of their local special schools and GP surgeries. And we've had lots of really great examples of individuals having really good caring support, listening to families and people with lived experience, being able to be flexible and understanding. To ensure that we're inviting all autistic people in an at-risk group and people with a learning disability 
on the register, we need to make sure that general practice learning disability registers are up to date and complete as possible. And we know that not all people with a learning disability will be on their practices register. So it's important that clinicians feel able to use their clinical judgment to assess someone who self-presents and enable them to be vaccinated by taking account of their particular healthcare needs. So if somebody does present the learning disability and the clinician judges that they do have a learning disability or they're an autistic person in that risk group, they should then be added to the register or make sure that they are directed to being able to get a vaccination appointment. Really important that people are able to plan their vaccinations proactively and really helpful if practice managers can ensure that people presenting who may need greater support are identified and staff and volunteers are aware of what they might need as we say way in advance of people actually attending for the appointment. Practices should be checking that all people on the learning disability register have been invited or will be invited soon and follow up those who don't attend or haven't made an appointment. It's really important to invite carers and make sure that they're having their vaccinations at the same time. And we all know how important it is to make sure that people have a, a positive experience as possible at their vaccination appointment with as little anxiety and as stress as possible so that they feel confident and happy to come back for their second dose and, and you know, further immunisations that might be needed to ensure maximum protection. So, I mean, Roger, do you want to talk about reasonable adjustments? Definitely. Under the Equalities Act, people with a learning disability and autistic people are entitled to reasonable adjustments when accessing health services generally. So that means steps must be taken to remove or minimise the barriers that they may face in being able to get access to healthcare and specifically here to be vaccinated. So important first step is making sure that people receive an accessible invitation for their appointment, as all communication should be appropriate and accessible. There is an easy read invitation letter template available to GPs that's been developed for use for people with a learning disability and that should be used as well as ensuring that any invitations going to autistic people in an at-risk group are also in a format that would take account of their particular leads. So for example, many autistic people might not wish to be invited by telephone contact but would prefer to be invited by letter or text message. People with a learning disability and autistic people in at-risk groups are invited for vaccination at primary care hubs or pharmacies rather than mass vaccination centres. There is a perception that mass vaccination centres might be very busy and noisy environments and may not be ideal for some people and they may have limited availability for privacy and particularly for those who might have distress with particular sensory issues. However, we are aware and we hear increasing stories of how some centres are making a particular and very admirable efforts to be able to try and ensure that these issues are addressed. An appointment in a primary care hub site, however, possibly has potential to provide greater opportunity for these reasonable adjustments to be made. Many carers have said that talking in advance, for example, to a GP surgery and explaining what reasonable adjustments are needed is making a huge difference to their experience of their appointment. So, for example, you know, my son has a learning disability and autism. 
um, and he's got a number of phobias and suffers from high anxiety as well, which can make it really difficult for him to attend the surgery. So, you know, what he needs is a kind of calm, quiet environment where everyone can be patient with him and not have to attend the, the kind of bustle of a mass vaccination centre, which would really raise his anxiety even more so. And it's really important that he has either a double or maybe a triple appointment to give him and everyone else the time that's needed really to help support him. And, you know, in our experience, carers and family members know the person best. So staff should feel comfortable and happy to discuss, you know, individual needs with the, the carer or the person themselves to better understand how to, to support them. And I mean, I know we know time is of essence and there's a lot of time pressures, but if practice managers or practice staff, for example, could ring those patients or their carers to briefly discuss what's needed, then it should help ensure better outcomes. And a positive experience will also mean that people with a learning disability and autistic people are in fact encouraged to attend their GP surgery going forward for further immunisations and, and checkups. We should say that lots of autistic people and people with learning disability attending appointments and receiving vaccinations won't necessarily be a problem. But for people who have specific needs, it is important that local vaccination delivery systems personalise and adjust appointments where needed. And you highlighted some of the reasonable adjustments that were right for your son. So let's just talk a bit about other examples of the types of adjustments that people might consider. Scheduling someone's appointment to be in a familiar environment or one which limits the need to travel where possible would be a great help. So vaccinating say where somebody lives or arranging transport to a vaccination site. We've heard a lot from stakeholder colleagues about how allowing family members or carers or specialist learning disability professional such as a learning disability liaison nurse or community learning disability nurse allowing them to accompany the person at their appointment to support them to understand information and to provide reassurance is really helpful. In particular, some autistic people might experience a lot of anxiety about having the vaccine because they are needle averse or phobic and need extra reassurance from someone familiar to them. And taking the time necessary to carefully explain information about the vaccine, how it will be given, listening fully and responding to the person's questions or concerns are really important and doing this in a way as we've said that's consistent with how the person best communicates and understands and realizing that this will be different from different people this will be a good opportunity to meet your obligations all our obligations under the accessible information standard uh, by recording these particular needs on people's records some examples of very practical things might include visual prompt cards, easy read information, while for some autistic people, online or written information would be more appropriate. Yeah, that's right, Roger, because remember also that, you know, many autistic people can be particularly sensitive to sensory factors such as bright lights or strong clinical smells. And also maybe offering home vaccination appointments could be very well received in, in a minority of cases where a person may become really, really distressed or frightened about the vaccination process or even leaving home to go to surgery or, or medical centre. And again, we've heard some really good examples of support in the home. 
And some people with a learning disability, of course, may also have a health passport. And that will give details of the kind of adjustments that they require to access appointments. And those details might also already be on the record. As we've said, identifying the adjustments in advance are really important and reception and support staff should be made aware of that and encouraged, supported and enabled to have those discussions in preparation. We know how busy everyone is, but to ensure that people with a learning disability and autistic people have the best opportunities to have both vaccine doses, time needs to be taken to explain kind of all of the benefits and risks and respond to any queries or concerns. Families and carers really should be contacted by practice staff early and given the relevant information to support kind of carers in their role. Just bear in mind, many autistic people don't necessarily have carers. So time should be taken to talk to them about their needs and respond to their concerns, or again, allow them to have somebody come and uh, support them at the vaccine appointment. We should really be given an opportunity to speak to a healthcare professional so that, you know, carers have got concerns, have got questions about the vaccine, that they can make an informed decision where that's appropriate. Again, repeating that, you know, discussions ahead of vaccination appointments are important. And again, they can be used to check whether the person might have any contraindications to the vaccine being used and identify any medical communication and support needs that they may need to have to have addressed in order to be able to attend the appointment and receive the vaccine. So, Priscilla, shall we talk a bit about things like needle phobia and people who may be distressed? Yeah, absolutely. And, and thinking particularly, you know, if people are coming to their second doses, we're not necessarily sure how the first dose went. But, you know, many people will be fearful of injections and needles. And for some, this can really stop them from coming forward for the vaccination or perhaps their second dose. So for people with a learning disability, being well prepared and supported by family members or other carers will be, you know, of a real help. So remember that some people and the majority of autistic adults won't have carers involved or any support. So they may need help to prepare themselves for the vaccination visit. So there is a lot of information available, including video clips that can be reassuring and provide confident examples of people with learning disabilities going to have their vaccination. And for some people, some specific desensitisation work may be needed to be done. And local disability teams, learning disability liaison nurses or other professionals may be able to help with this. And also you've got the IAP services who may also provide needle phobia interventions and patients can self-refer to these IAP services. So as clinicians and practitioners do let carers and family members know about these resources and services. The vaccinators... Coming to meet someone with a learning disability or an autistic person might be concerned that they may be people who become very distressed and they may have particular behavioural challenges that go with this. Most successful ways forward are likely to be when there's very close collaboration between family members and other carers in helping the person themselves and the vaccinator to understand what will be happening and in matching time, place and setting to minimise any factors that would be likely to cause the person anxiety or distress. So there are great examples that we've heard where people have been able to visit a vaccination centre, for example, before their appointment 
or been shown a video of the centre beforehand so that they know what it looks like, they know what's going to happen and help that to reduce anxiety. It is good for people to be able to see what will happen when they go in and what having a vaccination looks like and having those good examples of people going through those with a minimum of distress. That can reduce people's concerns as well as maybe knowing who will do the vaccination beforehand. So if it's possible to identify that and have a photo and the name of the person to be shared, again, these are things that will help people feel more at ease. So we all need to ensure that vaccination teams are appropriately trained and fully informed and are able to plan and prepare to support vulnerable people. And teams can make the reasonable adjustments necessary to maximise uptake of vaccination and attendance for further doses. And a lot of the stories that we're hearing are giving really good examples of how teams are able to do that. If you're aware that people have struggled with healthcare visits, flu vaccinations or similar in the past, you might want to preempt it by offering these alternative arrangements, including things like home visits, if possible. Do please follow up to ensure that all people with a learning disability and autistic people on your lists have either been vaccinated or if not, that you will have had a conversation with them or their carers to ensure they're making an informed decision about this. As we have said, there are a number of resources available to support these discussions on our NHS website. And you can also contact your local learning disability specialist teams for any other specific advice or support. So as a final note in this, as we indicated at the beginning, when integrated care systems and primary care networks, local authorities, voluntary sector all collaborate and work together with family carers, together with people with a learning disability and with autistic people, the outcomes are going to be better and more consistent. And this collaboration may also offer opportunities for other future developments, either for maximising vaccine uptake or more creative, innovative and inclusive approaches to healthcare and healthcare interventions generally. So I'd like to bring us to a close by thanking Fazilla for being with me today and sharing your essential views and experience of family carers, Fazilla. It's just been great. We've heard so many really positive stories where great care has been given and they've all included, you know, that preparation, the flexibility listening to carer and the individual with that lived experience and, and supporting them accordingly. I hope clinical colleagues have found our discussion helpful. Thank you for taking the time out from your really busy lives to listen to us. And thank you immensely for all you're doing to make sure that people with a learning disability and autistic people get protected against COVID infection. So for further information, please click on the links that you'll see below this podcast and that will give you additional guidance for delivering the COVID vaccination to people with severe mental illness, dementia, as well as with a learning disability and autistic people. And as we've said, we've also produced a range of accessible resources to support communication with people with a learning disability. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to a podcast produced by Robert Mulligan for NHS England and NHS Improvements.